0: Have you ever been labeled emotional? Today we're going to talk about how the emotions that are natural for us are almost being suppressed by our culture because some people can't handle vulnerability or take advantage of vulnerability, teaching us how to suppress or repress what's really going on inside of us. Hey, this is Beandrine, formerly known as, oh, good Lord, we don't have time for that. This is My Self-Worth is a Size Zero, a podcast brought to you by Embolden Label. Here, you'll turn your negative inner dialogue into a goal-crushing identity. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you let someone see you from the inside out? That's what I thought. I used to think that I was the only one who was constantly and continuously labeled as too emotional, dramatic, crybaby, and too sensitive. And here's the thing. I remember most of my life being the type of person that was just intensely sensitive. Things really landed on me. I would call myself an empath at that time, and I just really saw the emotion and the pain and the depth that people were thinking or feeling or experiencing, but I would also experience things really heavily in my own life, and I was always someone who would cry really easily. And I remember each time that I would sort of tear up, and this was often, as I grew and as I matured into adulthood, every single time it would happen, I would try so much harder to hold it in, and it never failed the more I tried to hold it in, the more emotional I would become. And it only took one person kind of noticing and saying, are you crying for me to just sort of like lose it? And I would just start sobbing. And, you know, sometimes I would just start crying a little bit harder and they would then be like, oh, my gosh, are you okay?" And sometimes those people meant really well. And then sometimes those people were mocking you and really being like, oh, my gosh, are you crying? You know? It might be at a sad movie or um, something embarrassing happened to somebody. And it's so interesting because we live in a world today where that label or tag empath or empathy is so valuable. We sort of wear it as a badge of honor. But if you have empathy and you present as an empath, it's very much seen as a weakness in our culture, at least from what I've experienced. I think I always felt like I wasn't normal in this way. I always knew I was more sensitive natured than some other people, but I don't remember a single time in my life that that was seen as a positive, that it was seen as a gift, that I was able to see and experience things almost in a spiritual way that other people had almost no awareness of. And I came from a family system that, my mom was really emotional and I was very much like her. And I don't remember as a kid, you know, and and adolescent and into adulthood being around a lot of other people that were quite as emotional as I was. And I was aware of it, but I didn't know how to fix it and I didn't know that underneath all of that emotion was a whole bunch of confused trauma negative emotions that I was really holding on to and storing. And that all of this stuff that I was hanging on to was really creating this emotional charge within me and that it actually could be resolved and healed once I built up more of a resiliency. And sometimes I miss that crybaby. Sometimes I miss that really sensitive girl that I was Um, in some ways, even as a mom, I miss really having those touching moments and i have to really give myself permission to cry now because sometimes i worry that i've almost become hardened Um, i've had a lot of life experiences that have forced me to take a look at how can i show up more resilient how can i work on this so that i can feel better so that i can feel stronger and more emboldened which is the exact design of what tear out the tags is meant for It is meant to remove those negative labels and really step into a more confident, more secure, more capable human being than I was when I would sort of fall apart and have all this emotion. However, I don't see emotion as bad. And so oftentimes I have to really lean into and give myself permission to express that emotion because what I also have learned about that emotion is that though I was storing a lot of negative emotion and I, and I had a lot to heal, I, I don't want to become avoidant or hardened in a way where I'm still storing that emotion and now I'm almost dissociating by not connecting to what's going on inside of me. And I think as a culture, we are going through a social conditioning that's really teaching people to not feel the hard stuff to not feel the depression and the anxiety and the fear and the unbelief and the unworthiness and the self-consciousness and all of these 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 feelings that we have from childhood all the way up through adulthood um you know yearning is one that so many people are yearning for a deeper connection and for a loving bond between their spouse and them or between their parent and them or their kids and them. And yet we're supposed to not really feel the depth of the pain of that. Someone actually told me this morning that depression is anger turned inward. And I've never heard that before, but the more I think about that comment or that that quote, I'm not sure exactly where it came from, the more I'm realizing and recognizing that that's exactly what it is. And yet we live in a culture that really encourages us to not feel those emotions and to suppress those emotions by taking a quick fix that will resolve those depression symptoms. And what we end up doing is we end up living in a system of depression where we just can't feel it. But nothing in that situation has actually changed. And I know this from experience Um, I'm not going to get on my soapbox about antidepressants or um, what it's like to walk through depression. Today is not the day for that episode, Um, although I have been someone who's gone through extreme lows in my life, and I did try different medications to get me through that time, and the reactions that I had to that medication were so substantial and so violent and I decided very quickly that it wasn't for me. And I will tell you that it was not easy going through the heaviness of feeling all of that sadness, all of that loneliness, all of that yearning and depression. Um, but it it is something that helped me heal. And it is something that led me to the inspiration that is now emboldened label and all of the amazing things that we're doing here with the brand. So, today I wanted to walk through this concept of every life experience you've had and the memories surrounding that that you've stored that you can recall were stored in your conscious mind by the emotion that you felt at the time. So, say you remember riding a really scary roller coaster in junior high and You rode that roller coaster, and you felt an extreme adrenaline and excitement, and it was such a joyful thing for you, and you decided when you got off that roller coaster that you loved roller coasters, and that no matter what state you visit ever in your life, you're going to make sure you hit the the best roller coaster park there is. However, your best friend rode the same roller coaster on the same route and round that you did, and during her ride... She decided that she felt absolute terror, she wanted to throw up, she got extreme motion sickness, and she has never felt so much fear in her entire life. And she got off that roller coaster vowing that she will never, ever ride a roller coaster ever again. You both came out of that with entirely different experiences and a label, so to speak, of I love roller coasters. I don't. And though that may seem like a simple way of looking at that, that is how you end up with any of the labels that you are currently wearing as part of what makes you you as part of your identity. And so I get client after client after client that comes in and they have All of these labels that have been placed on them and they have been referred to as a drama queen or they've been referred to as um, too assertive or too blunt or not enough or irrational or too emotional. And it doesn't matter if it's a female client or a male client, the label may change based on the gender component, but the emotions are what actually stores the memory The emotion is actually what makes you have a reaction, a physical reaction, a mental reaction. And what happens when we have a negative emotion and we store a memory based on that negative emotion is we come up with a belief that now that label belongs to us. And because of the emotional reaction that we had, we define that label based on whether that Circumstance that experience had a positive or negative charge. So, labels are a really funny concept because a label is really just a category that we place on something in order to try to understand it. And so, oftentimes, we will assume a label based on what we see happening. So, if somebody says something and it comes across in a way that matches a definition that we have of a label, we will assume that label on that person or on that conversation or on that event. And so it's funny in a world where we talk about communication and how important it is, because I find that we will make assumptions or even jokes about labels and sort of put them on people without people really recognizing that we have done that. And we are then viewing them through a lens of our label and how we personally define that label, not necessarily how they define that label. And then as we interact and we get to know that person, we might change our minds. We might decide that there's a different label that belongs to them or possibly a different definition of that label that belongs to them. But we put ourselves in situations socially where we're kind of always outworking the label or labels in a lot of cases. And what we don't ever talk about, and gosh, ever is like such an extreme, right? Some people do. I do. Uh, But I run into very few people that talk about the emotion that is underneath Whatever label is being assumed on somebody. So when you get triggered by somebody, say somebody calls you too emotional, we rarely ask the right questions to get underneath the surface of why somebody appears to show up in the world as emotional. We don't ask questions about the traumas that cause them to have that bubbling up and expressive tear-filled emotion And we don't ask what emotions then came up for that person underneath some of those traumas that they experience. Now, this is a really big topic to cover in just a short episode and I will be diving more into this in the new beta community that I'm launching. But the further I go down on this road of really exploring and developing an expertise about human connection and the way our personality is developed, and the way our identity is seated and attached. I learn more and more about how we look at people through a very simplistic lens that really we're only able to see and decide who they are based on the outside. Now, I call this a price tag. It is the value that you have in the world. And oftentimes, it's what you look like and the few things that you might share with someone upon first meeting them. So a few months ago, I sat next to a gal and her um, probably 9 to 10-year-old daughter on an airplane, and her daughter had the most exuberant, joyful, outgoing, connected spirit, and I just... Connected with her. I thought she was such a doll. We talked about my daughter and how they were similar ages. And I was so impressed with how she spoke to adults, how she was able to interact with me and keep up with me and even challenge me. She was so neat. And I really connected so much with the daughter that I didn't really connect with her mom. Her mom was really sweet and encouraging. um, And she talked to me, but we didn't go any deeper. And I would say that in the human experience, it would be very easy to look at her mom and assume a couple of things about her. One would have been that she's a mom. The second thing that I could assume about her is that she was well-dressed and carried herself very, um, almost in a regal way. She was kind of fancy to me. And um, beyond that, I couldn't really tell you that I could make any assumptions about her. Oh, just kidding. The third thing was she was wearing a wedding ring, so I could assume that she was married and that this was her child. Now, I couldn't assume that she didn't have other children. I couldn't assume what she did for a living or how much money she makes or where in the country they live or came from. There was really nothing beyond that that I could assume about her. But the the human temptation will label people beyond what they know because they want to sort of figure out more. But very few people are willing to have deeper conversations with people that are more personal and intimate. And what happened on that airplane, thank goodness, it was a a really long flight from North Carolina all the way back to Denver. I started just having conversation with this mother and she ended up telling me her story. And she ended up telling me that she was diagnosed with a very serious form of cancer when she was only months pregnant with this child that I had just had this brilliant conversation with this miracle baby that I didn't even know was a miracle baby. And she went on to tell me that she was told that the baby would most likely not survive and that she may not survive and that treatment could harm the pregnancy. And she really described this situation. And if you are a mom or a dad, you can imagine getting this news and finding out that both of these people that you you love and you know you're going to love this sweet baby are at risk and you almost are put in a position where you have to choose one or the other. And knowing that this cancer is so aggressive and that the treatment will cause damage to the the organs that allow you to have and carry a baby, you also know that this may be your only opportunity to have a child. And so she described for me her and her husband's decision to go forward with the pregnancy and to get as far as they could in the safest way possible while monitoring this cancer and getting treatment for the cancer despite some of the risks that were involved. And then she told me this beautiful story about how she gave birth to this perfectly healthy, sweet little girl who I just got a chance to get to know and have a conversation with. And the story was so beautiful. And I just bubbled up in tears at the thought of what she has been through and what I may have missed had I not explored who this person was that I was getting to sit next to this person who created this beautiful, wonderful, bubbling spirit of a child. And so my message for you today is a couple of things. One is someone can call us too emotional, and we can reclaim labels like that and say, I'm expressive. And we get to redefine what that means to have a positive label that is a a good thing. I want to be someone who is expressive, who's able to really show the emotion that I'm feeling in the moment and also have a healthy way of expressing it so that it's not out of my control or bubbling up at times where I don't want it to. And you do have the power to change those labels and to change how you show up in the world and to really harness the definitions and the emotions that come with that. Sometimes I watch the way that the world passes by each other and I wonder if the reason that people are stuck in their phones and they aren't connecting with each other and they aren't asking questions and they aren't having conversations, I wonder if it's because They're emotional and they are protecting themselves from the vulnerability that they may show or express if they run into someone who changes their life. Now, I oftentimes say I have moments on a weekly basis that change my life, that make me more grateful for the life that I live and that allow me to really step into the gratitude practices that I wanna have in my life. And for me, part of that gratitude and thankfulness is being able to meet amazing people and hear their unique stories and what made them very uniquely them. Because the labels that we wear, the labels that we place on people, they really say very little about us until we really start digging in under the surface and realizing this full potential that people have and what we can create if we just are willing to connect and explore. And so today, if you are the person who doesn't connect intentionally with people, you are the person who sticks your headphones in, or you're the person who puts your head down or reads a book, there's nothing wrong with that, of course, during certain parts of your day. But if you have an opportunity as a practice once in a while to really connect with someone next to you that kind of piques your interest and you are open and available for what that does and what kind of emotions that causes you to have, regardless of what your reaction may be to that, I encourage you to follow your gut, to have those conversations, to connect and build community with those around you, to really learn what makes people tick As you grow and develop yourself and as you discover these negative labels that are sitting inside of you and what's really aching to show up and get out and be shown to the world as far as positive labels, when you pull off all of this negativity that you're carrying around and when you decide that you're going to see yourself through a lens that you may not have the glasses for today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you're looking forward to some of our more in-depth teaching information. And I am so excited about this beta community that we're launching for the rest of the year. We're going to be meeting and really talking about what you are allowing to land on you and how you are defining those things. If you are interested, shoot me an email at B@emboldenlabel.com at That's B-E-E at e m b l d nlabel.com and just type beta and I will shoot you a message back with details. I'll talk to you soon.